You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Brown, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, Bryson, pretty somber mood on my end tonight. Um, same shit, different game. Really don't have much to say. I'm, I, I know we got a show to do tonight, but it's just very shitty feeling right now a, a, as a Panthers fan. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. We were both at the game, sat together, and – I mean, I think you could agree at the end of the first half, we were both feeling all right. I mean, the offense wasn't moving the ball very much, but we were up 10 to three and the defense was balling out, just playing great on all levels uh, of the defense. And um, then things kind of fell apart. Uh, everybody knows in the second half and uh, really just kind of just a culmination of a lot of things, the defense being on the field too much and, the Cardinals making adjustments to that defense and the offense uh, or lack thereof for the Carolina Panthers. So um, I don't even know where to start with the problems with this team. I think it's clear that there are a lot of issues from the top to bottom on this team. And uh, I guess I'll, we'll start and I'll ask you um, what is going on with Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know if they know the answer. Um, this there's a lot. There's blame to go around for everyone, but I mean Baker is not playing well at all. You can say the two, three, four months he's been here. I don't think that's a good enough excuse really anymore. Um, I tweeted out tonight. You know, there's plays to be made. There's guys open. McAdoo is scheming guys open. Baker's just not hitting them. He's missing throws high, too far out. Um, not even to mention the tip passes. He's not settled at, in the pocket at all. The offensive line has had pretty damn good protection, best we've seen in a couple years. And Baker's sliding back in the pocket, which you can't do. He's off on his three-step drops. Just not good overall. I don't know if it's he's just not gelling well with this offensive scheme. I don't know if they're running too many run pass option RPOs. Um, but it's just I know it's it's basic things that he is not doing well right now, and it's frustrating. I didn't expect it. Uh, I feel like we are seeing a different Baker Mayfield than we saw in preseason. He looked, um, his throws were quick. He had quick reads. His throws were quick in the preseason. He was making them on time, disturbing the ball throughout several receivers in those two games he played in preseason. And you don't see any of that right now. It's, you know, short three, four play drives, which just cannot happen. I mean, he's got the worst QBR in the league right now at 15.4. He's just not playing up to par. I wanted to know from you, is it Mayfield, is it McAdoo, or is it both? Who do you put the blame on for this just god-awful offense through 
a quarter of this season, let's say. Well, I mean, if you go back and you look at Baker Mayfield's previous four years um, in the league, he, he has never been this bad. I mean, he's never had a season where he's performed this poorly. I mean, he has had up and downs, and uh, but consistently through the four games that we've seen him play, he's never had a stretch like this in his career, I'm, you know, dating back to college. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I believe that Baker Mayfield still has the ability to be a average quarterback. Um, if, if I were to pick, I would say the blame is to go on coaching and that's the offensive coordinator and the head coach. I don't think that they're either using Baker Mayfield correctly. Uh, I mean, one stat that really just like blows me away is that last season, Baker Mayfield had 11 tip passes for the whole season and he has 12 already for the Carolina Panthers through four, uh, through four games. So obviously with the Browns, you know, they did more of the rollouts, getting Baker out from behind the line and or scheming him up to to where that wasn't really an issue. So it just seems like they're just hoping that Baker can overcome that himself and and stay in the pocket. And it when I see the coaching and I, you know, the lack of adjustments, the the lack of trying to to get a player. Uh, to fit your system around a player instead of trying to fit a player into your system. Um, I just think that McAdoo has, has been poor um, play calling wise, even uh, scheme wise. He's It's been one of the worst offenses in the league. Obviously uh, I think there was a stat I saw today. Uh, they've ran 53.5 plays per, uh, per game this season so far. And if that holds, that's the lowest number of plays uh, per game in the NFL in the last 20 years. So obviously they're getting, they're coming on the field, three plays, they're punting. Um, and it, it that's just a consistent theme. And I think they're not using Christian correctly and enough. They obviously aren't using DJ more correctly and enough. Uh, Baker Mayfield is struggling. And, I, and you, I, the proof that you can, I mean, the only thing you can look at is, is his past history and he's never been this bad. So I, to me, it's coaching. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want uh, to let McAdoo off either. I think he has played a role in this along with Baker's bad play. When Christian McCaffrey gets back-to-back 100-yard rushing games and then you run him eight times in the next game, this does it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. So... You know, and and McCaffrey was running the ball well versus Arizona. It wasn't like he was struggling. So you gotta, he's gotta get more. I mean, he's one of the best running backs, arguably the best running back in the league when healthy. You cannot have eight runs in a game. And I don't care if it's you know the offense sputtering out. He needs to get the ball more. I'm not too big of a fan, and this is just personally me. The RPOs on third and short. Um, you know, just science and physics tells me you line the guy up on an I formation, you have a better chance of getting the first down than running in a shotgun formation. I thought that with Cam Newton, I thought that with any quarterback that's ever played in this game on any team, you have a better chance running the ball in that formation than you have when an RPO. I know I get it. You have the RPO for options with passing, but when you have a quarterback who's playing arguably the worst as a starting quarterback in the NFL, Probably should get your guy, guy you paid heavily, 
the ball more and who's playing really well. So that is probably my biggest critique of Ben McAdoo. There's no reason why you're not running him more. There's no reason why you're not rotating guys more in the wide receiver room, in the running back room. I mean, have we have we seen Dante Foreman for more than five plays in a game? I don't think so this season. Don't and, quote and me on that. But a good a good example is is that fourth and one where it they went for it on fourth down and Christian was the one that took the ball on the fourth and one and didn't get it. I feel like you have Dante Foreman for a reason. He is the that power back that kind of specializes in that short yardage situation. So I don't understand of not using Dante Foreman in that situation. But um, and and they're not even using Christian in like the slot and uh, lining him up him up as a receiver as they said all offseason that they were going to do. He's he's not really been been there lined up there. So obviously they have to change because they have the worst offense in the NFL. Um, it's literally historically bad, and changes have to come if Matt Rule wants to keep his job and if Ben McAdoo wants to keep his job. So I really hope it does, and I really hope that they – I remember talking with uh, the two Browns guys we had on week one, uh, Jacob and uh, the other guy's name is still in my mind, but um, we were talking about like just like offensive schemes that Baker thrives in, and week one they were telling us Baker thrives when he he's on the rollout. He's play action, he rolls out or uh, not even play action, just roll him out away from the offensive line and throw – He's Baker is a good quarterback throwing on the run. So we have not seen that really at all in Carolina up to this point besides yeah, a couple play actions. There needs and, to be more bootlegs. And absolutely. You don't see that. I And I've said this in the past, I think before even the – I think when Baker was a, a Cleveland Brown, is he's one of the best quarterbacks rolling to his left. Like he is really good when he's out of the pocket rolling – rolling to his left and throwing on the run. So that is something going back to Christian. I mean, you drafted Iki Aquano. What's his strength? He's really damn good in run blocking. I mean, run, run it off his ass cheek. Like he should be, they should be running the rock on that left side and running and pounding the ball like Cleveland does. And then do your play action in your bootlegs. And, and you're not seeing that. And I get, I, I, I get it. Baker came into this offense late. Ben McAdoo had already instilled the offense in his system before really Baker came in. But they need to start making adjustments to fit your quarterback. You talked about it. But I don't want to get away from Baker. Baker has played like dog shit. It's been really surprising to me. I thought he would, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder and all this stuff. And you're not seeing it yet. So there is blame to go on his end. He's missing guys. He's missed. He missed DJ a couple of times last week. He had Robbie on, uh, you know, a, a crosser last week. I think it was on third and one. He threw it short. He was open. He had time in the pocket. So Baker's to blame too, but they got to start changing things up and they need to run the ball more and get it the ball and your player in the best player's hands on offense and that's Christian McCaffrey there's no excuse for it there's no reason why he's got eight runs in the game I know we keep harping on that but it's it's ridiculous and then you guys you got to get Foreman involved there's no reason why that guy doesn't have a few touches and there's no reason why guys like Higgins guys like TMJ are not getting in the rotation more I get it they like those top three but those guys need to rest a little bit uh, Higgins didn't help his cause at all with the fumble. That really, honestly, f fucked up offensive mo or momentum in that game. 
Yeah, I think that was in the second or third quarter. Second quarter, was it? I can't remember. It was second or third quarter. But, I mean, they were in Arizona, you know, plus territory. And, I mean, it was looking like – I think I think I bo- I think both of us said, you know, they better come away with a touchdown here and they come away with no points. So, like, yeah, that was a huge killer. But um, those type of plays they need to connect on. Uh, you, you look at the spark play, the punt, the fake punt. That was set up beautifully, and you get a guy who gets called back because he was um, down uh, downfield, whatever the hell the play call is. Uh, I mean, the flag is on that, but yeah. illegal the type of plays you got to capitalize on when the offense is struggling. They just couldn't get it together. I wanted to ask you this, Bryson. What does firing Matt Rule do for this team now if they were to do it? Well, uh, even if it does nothing, um, at the very least, it shows that the team has moved on and that the team is searching for um, their future answer um, with the head coaching. And they can go ahead and get a an early start on the search. I know they can't interview candidates that are still with, that are currently on teams, but they can get a list together and and kind of uh, go from there. But I think it will do something, and I think that it will provide a spark because. You know, there's been multiple reports that Matt Rule's lost locker room. I don't think that that's true necessarily. I think that the players overall um, like Matt Rule. Uh, I don't think Matt Rule's a bad guy. I've said that multiple times. I think he's a good human being, just not a good football coach. And I think players play for him. But there are other coaches in that locker room that I think players would play for as well. Um, And maybe I just – Sometimes firing a coach just provides a spark, like uh, Rich Basaccia last season with the Raiders made the playoffs. Um, there are a couple coaches in the locker room right now that I think that could be a, a a good temporary head coach, and one specifically being Steve Wilkes. So uh, he's done it before, and I think just making a change really shows a lot of things. Uh, even if it doesn't do anything for this season, that shows you know, that, that change is coming in Carolina and it shows players that, that the owner and the, and the upper management is invested in improving this team and not staying with the status quo and losing, having losing seasons, winning five games a season. Um, So I think it shows to the players and it shows um, to the fans that there may be hope on the horizon. Yeah. I just wanted to pose a question. I saw it on Twitter. Everyone talks about it. So we might as well bring it up. Um. Yeah. Um. I. I'm a Matt Rule apologist. Everyone knows that. I typically uh, stand in his corner. Um. On things. I wouldn't be shocked if he's fired. Um. I just don't know if it does much right now with this team. Because he hasn't lost the locker room. I saw that report, and I'm not even going to mention the Twitter handle's name because I think they're trash. But um, I don't think – you ask anyone, I don't think they will say that Matt Rule has lost that locker room. For God's sakes, the guy got the game ball two wins ago. Or, I mean, one win ago because they don't even have two wins, sadly. Um, I don't think Rule being fired is going to fix Baker Mayfield. He's – it's not going to fix him tap dancing in the pocket. It's not going to fix the passes batted down. Um, 
Tepper decided to roll with Rule for a third season, whether you agree with it or not. Um, and the Panthers, sadly right now, somehow are in a pretty shitty division, if we're being totally honest. The Bucks and Falcons are two and two, and the Panthers and Saints are one and three, and Panthers are one and zero oh in the division. And they've lost three games by a collective fifteen point margin. So, as bad as it is, they're somehow in this division, and I think that might be why Tepper's holding on um, at this point because they're not entirely out of it. But I think if these losses keep stacking up, the next, I mean, even next game, I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, what what do we think if Matt Rule was fired, how many games it's going to take? I said 0-5. You asked me, what about 1-4? They lose again, I wouldn't be shocked if he cut ties. But I I just think the way the situation is, I mean, if it, the Bucks were 3-1 and or 4-0, and the Falcons were... Oh, and four, the Saints were and Panthers were one and three. I mean, maybe then there's some more enticing way to, hey, let's cut ties or we're kind of out of this shit anyway at that point. Um, but I just think the way the circumstances are, he's willing to wait a little bit longer. I'm curious. I'm sure he has a number. Like what I, I would love to know what game Tepper has in his mind of, all right, if there's no improvement up to this point, we're cutting bait. I feel like it's a little bit longer than probably, I would think probably six, seven, eight weeks, maybe halfway through the season. Because even with Ron Rivera, he, I think he waited until they were like mathematically like eliminated from potential wild card, if I remember that correctly. Um, so I feel like that's what he would do. Um, but again, when you go, when you have a three game home stretch, you have. What? How many fans were in that stadium last week? How much was the stadium filled? 50, 60, 70%? Not 70. I'd say 60 at most. So 50, 60%. And then when you have those fans that are showing up during a game and majority of them are booing your quarterback, majority of them are booing, you know, I think I I I saw a fire Matt rule chance like two minutes left. Um, You can only take so much more of that. So I definitely think the heat is on. Tepper, it's been on since really the end of last year. Um, yeah, and it's just frustrating because you look around the league and you see <clears throat> you see teams performing with quarterbacks that uh, really are on the same level as Baker Mayfield. You got the Lions who have the best offense in the league with Jared Goff. I don't think that the Lions have a have better weapons surrounding Jared Goff than Baker Mayfield does in Carolina. They may have a better offensive line, but it's not like Carolina has a bad offensive line at this point. Um, you got the Cowboys winning games with Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback. You got uh, freaking Atlanta winning games with Marcus Mariota. It- Atlanta might be the best team in this division. They they really might be. Uh, their offense is performing at a very high level. Their defense is not very good, but their offense is, is scoring points at a very high level right now. Um, and I'm not confident that Carolina can beat them either time that they play them uh, in the future. But um, I will say if – Somehow, in some alternate universe, the Carolina Panthers can if, – if this game coming up versus the 49ers is their get-right game, uh, you know, we'll get into it later. This, they, the 49ers have the number one defense in the league right now. If the offense can somehow find a way – I mean, 
that's the only way that I'm feeling confident in rule going forward. But there's just so much wrong with this team <clears throat> from the top to bottom. Uh, and it's the common denominator every year is Matt rule. So I think fans are more than ready to move on. And the only person that really isn't, I think at this point is David Tepper. So um, I, I wish Matt rule the best when it does happen, because I do think it's going to happen this season at some point. I know he's going to get a, a head coaching job in college. He's probably gonna have multiple offers. Um, it might be the new head coach for your Wisconsin Badgers, but um, that wouldn't be bad. I don't, he, he's a good college coach. He, he's a good. Co- he really is, but it just doesn't. It's it not always works out for coaches in the NFL. I mean, we saw what happened with Nick Saban. He's the greatest college coach of all time. So um, it wouldn't be the end of the world, I think, for you. But uh, I think you know we have an opportunity this week uh, to hopefully show some improvement. And I think I say that every week and I'm just getting so tired of saying it, but that's really all I can do as a, as a fan is hope for the best. And I really just hope for the best. Let's talk about the defense a little bit, unless you have anything else to say. Oh, I, I didn't want to mention the tight ends. Wake the fuck up. Like seriously, the tight ends on Sunday were so frustrating. Here's so much about Tommy Tremble. Here's so much, not much about Ian Thomas. A lot of fans that do not like Ian Thomas. And, you know, Tommy Tremble on Sunday, there's always been this high hope that, you know, this guy's this great, he's going to be some great passing tight end or pass catching tight end. Baker threw behind him a little bit, but it hit his damn hands on a really pivotal down. I think it was third down on that play. Drops a freaking ball. Like, when, when you have time and you have your moment to step up, you got to fucking step up. And when you have a quarterback that's struggling, he needs fucking help around him. And when tight ends are supposed to be a pivotal part to McAdoo's offense and that really hasn't showed up this year, those guys got to show up and fucking play, man. Like, seriously, you got to catch a damn ball. And they just paid Ian Thomas this offseason – and he has shown flashes here and there, but then he also has those dumb drops. And, and Tommy Tremble, you know, he put, gets put in the spotlight. He played a lot more this week compared to Thomas, and he has a key drop in a key third-down situation, which Carolina cannot get over the hump over on third down. You've got to come away with those fucking catches. So those guys need to be called out this week. I know it was Matt Rule pressed on DJ Moore and Robbie last week, and they played better this week, but you know, those guys need to help out too. They're on the team. So that I just need to go on a rant about that. Cause I don't understand. Has yeah. Go ahead. And I don't understand why they use them so much. Like I, I, I get, it's like a Ben McAdoo staple, but I don't, I don't know why you're being so hard headed. Our tight ends aren't very good. I, you know, I'm still a believer in Tommy Trimble and I will be until his career's over probably. But I think that he, he obviously he should have caught that ball and he's, but he doesn't get much playing time. It's not like he's out here, you know, getting experience every week. Um, but I think if your tight ends suck, stop using them. I mean, bring them in to block, but, like, why not line LaVisca up at tight end or or Terrace Marshall Jr. up at tight end and, and or just not even – just run, the uh, like, a, a four-wide receiver set or five-wide receiver set. Just don't even run a tight end. Like, I don't understand how it's so hard to – just say, hey, our tight ends are ass. Let's not throw to them. Let's not put Baker in a position to be able to throw to them. Let's just put out players that can catch the ball and go from there. It, like I feel like this, this, this coaching staff from Matt Rule to Ben McAdoo is so hard-headed with 
with some of the decisions they make. And it's like they're afraid to admit they made a mistake by paying a player or trading for a player that they just they're scared to take them off the field and just admit they were wrong. Like we saw it last season with Cam Irving. Um, and I guess Pat Elfline has kind of been good, uh, sure. But, um, you know, starting the season, we thought, well, well why is Bozeman not playing? Like we, they signed him. and uh, But it just kind of goes back to that. Like I feel like this this coaching staff is just so stuck on the, um, the idea of they've invested in a player and they need to be on the field and they need to prove uh, Matt Rule right. And that's just what I kind of feel like is happening. I will say this, though. For a guy they invested in, you do not see TMJ. So that does not fall in line with with that because TMJ was a guy they drafted and that guy never sees the field. So I don't get it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's doing wrong. They really, 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 really like Shai Smith. Um, But even then, you, you mentioned it. Run some four wide receiver sets. Christian in the backfield, four wide receiver sets. I mean, probably not this week. Cause they're playing a good defense, but cause you might need some chip blocks in there on the, with the tight ends, but run some of that, put TMJ shy, Robbie and DJ out there and run some of that. I mean, if you're not getting the help from the tight ends, you gotta, you gotta switch it up. And, just- and why the fuck is Chuba Hubbard returning kick still? That that literally pisses well, a guy me off. went down to be that. I, that's I think why there's no one. Else. There's five other players you could put back there on this roster. Like I, I don't understand why. First of all, why Chuba Hubbard is even on this fucking roster right now? <laughs> Chuba Hubbard is so bad. He he literally muffed both of the kicks that were kicked to him, and we were lucky that they weren't fumbled. And this game would be even worse. But he does nothing good. Matt Rule's wife did he muff like, kicks this week? Yes, he he, mu- he muffed both of both of oh, them God. on on kickoffs. Actually, and, I do but, remember bitching about that. He, he picked them both back up, but still, I'm like, he's 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 scared to catch the ball and he's scared to hold it when he gets tackled because he fumbles so fucking much. But I don't understand. Like, he should be putting in his application at fucking Bojangles, but he, instead he's playing <laughs> kick return and backup running back for the Carolina Panthers because Matt Rule's wife likes the guy. Like. And just I, fucking, I, please we, get him off the fucking team. We need to quit overplaying that, though. That is really not why he is playing so much. Let's come on. So it, it, I guess it's just incompetence then and, and thinking and seeing something in, in a player that literally. See, that's the guy nothing. I think that is the guy I think they do want to hold are like they truly believe he has something there. And I don't think it's the wife. The jokes about the wife thing is so overblown. They show one clip in a fucking draft confidential. And I was like, oh, it's. Matt Rule's wife, come on, let's let's get over that. But seriously, I do, I do think that you go back to what you said before of they have a hard time letting go of guys they have invested in. I think that's one of them where they – I think Matt, it seems like Matt Rule thinks he can be a really good player. And it's – I mean, he had one, he had a good run the other week. I'll give him that. But, like, he just – he can't hold on to the damn ball. And that's that's, like, the biggest thing. Just hold on. That's like the basic. <laughs> hold on to the damn ball. A broke clock is right twice a day. So, um, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he might be able to get a run, a good run in here and there behind that really good run blocking offensive line, but he's not an NFL caliber running back. Amir Abdullah last season, and it, still this season, is better than. Yeah, man, Chuba why did Hubbard. they get rid of him? I really liked him. Yeah. 
And, I really and, did like uh, him. Raheem Blackshear, the running back they signed off the Buffalo Bills practice squad, better than Chuba Hubbard. Like, it, it's hard to name That's I'm back. curious, speaking of him, I'm sorry to cut you off, but oh, I'm curious to see if he's going to play this week because didn't they sign him last week? Uh, I think or was it was two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Two but weeks he, ago. I wonder if he might, because you, you mentioned Chuba muffed those two, the two kicks. You know, LaVisca's out, and I don't know if he's going to be out this week. We'll probably find out more tomorrow or Wednesday on that. Yeah. Um, but that's a guy I'd be curious because I feel like he was pretty, you know, just looking at his preseason stuff, he was pretty, you know, secure with the ball on kickoff. So that'll be something to watch, hopefully, because. I mean, I'd love to get LaVisca back. I feel like that game might have been a little bit different with him in there, but yeah, LaVisca is electric. I mean, even in just a couple of kick returns he had, like he just he moves so well and, and has great vision and really has everything that Chuba Hubbard lacks. So uh having him back there is is a real plus and I hope he's able to play this week. Let's talk about the defense and then we'll get into this San Fran game. I'll tell you what, I don't want to hear people bitching about the defense. I get it. They had a hard time in the fourth quarter. But what you what you, what they did in the first three quarters of a game with an offense who is literally non-existent in that game, outstanding. Back-to-back touchdowns by the defense, back-to-back games, doesn't happen very often. I picked them up on fantasy for a fucking reason. They're rolling right now on defense. They're playing well. Frankie Luvu might be one of the most underrated signing, signings ever for this team. I mean, the guy is playing at a really high level right now, and it, and he just keeps getting better. He had a he had an opportunity at a pick six versus what was it? Arizona dropped it, or was that the Giants game? It might have been the Giant. It was the Giants game. Had an opportunity at a pick six, comes back versus Arizona, gets the pick six. Tons of tackles for loss, tons of tackles, flying all over the field, force fumbles. The guy is playing really at a high level right now, and I'm ex- I'm really happy for him because that was one guy that wasn't getting a big opportunity in New York, and this coaching staff brought him in. And as much as we like to harp on the coaching staff, he has really improved as a player over the last two years. So just hats off to Frankie. He deserves it. Yeah, I, I tweeted during the game. I think Frankie Luba is one of the best linebackers in the league, and I think he's really playing like that. Obviously, he's making impact plays every week for this defense. Um, he's the best linebacker on the team. He's he's better than Shaq. I don't think anybody will argue that. Um, the pick six was amazing. Um, felt like my team was good there for a minute uh, when that happened. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm very happy with him. I mean, the, the extension that they signed him to, the two-year $9 million extension this offseason is uh, – fucking bargain um you have a a top tier linebacker for for that kind of money is just a great signing Um, samir and uh fit working their magic on that one oh yeah so uh i think Shaq has played decent um but luvu has definitely been the the brightest uh spot in that linebacker group we got to talk about brian burns too really playing he's playing at a high level for not having Hassan Reddick aside of you, he's had he's got three sacks on the year now. He is playing really well, and he's gotten a, a shit ton better in the run game, like leaps and bounds better in the run game. He has really 
come alive this year and it's really fun to watch. I'm looking this one to make sure I had this right. So through four games last year, so he's on the same pace right now. He had three sacks last year at this time going into week five. So pretty on par, but he also had Reddick aside of him this year. He's doing it with, you know, with a mixed bag on the other side. So hats off to Brian Burns. Also, Matt Ioannidis. I want to say his PFF score was the highest on the team this last week. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I didn't look at it, but I thought I saw that on Twitter. He played at a really high level. Give him a shout out. He threw me a pass in pregame, which I was very excited for. He ended up giving the ball away to someone else, but I caught the damn pass. Bryson was the witness to it. I had to jump a little bit. It wasn't a good pass. It was like a Baker Mayfield pass, but I came down with it. So, <laughs> And I also, while, while I'm talking about it, one of the highlights I got, and people are, people are giving me shit for this, but I got to play catch with Matt Rules, kid. Cool dude. <laughs> I was, you know, I was putting my hands up trying to get me to get him to throw me the ball. And then he kept psyching me out and he was looking at me and then throwing to a different guy. And then he finally came over and, we threw a couple passes, so that was kind of cool. Definitely recommend if you're going to a game ever and you get there early, go down to the lower level, get to see a lot of shit, and it's a lot of fun stuff. But anyway, back to the defense. I thought Matt Ioannidis, Burns deserved a mention, and then I'll let you talk about him if you want, but J.C. Horn is playing outstanding right now. Yeah, I think, you know, we've that's been a reoccurring theme every week is us talking about how J.C. Horn has just locked down um, the opposing team's number one receiver and just given up nothing, really. I mean, he's PFF is graded a you know, top five corner in the league um, week in and week out, and he just shows up. He's a very consistent um, part of this defense, and he's even improved with his holding uh, penalties and uh, hasn't been penalized, I think, in a couple games now. So definitely – Growing from the elite uh, status that he's already at, in my opinion. So, uh, also would like to um, give Brian Burns a shout out. I have been very hard on Brian Burns um, for years in Carolina. I still think that the sack production can be better, and I think that hopefully it will be. But in the run game, he is absolutely, ch- uh, you know, changed lanes, made a one eighty. He is he is shows up almost every play in the run game. Um, I think last week a good example was the end around on the fourth down that Brian Burns stopped and lost 10 yards. Massive play. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he has a lot of pressures, uh, which is, you know, typical of Brian Burns. I think he's top five or ten in the league in pressures um, with three sacks. I think the sacks, sack number can get higher. Um, this defensive line really doesn't get a lot of pressure with four, rushing four, so they have to blitz a lot. But um, – in the run game specifically, Brian Burns has absolutely upped his game. And I think, you know, the couple pounds he put on in the offseason has helped. And I am on the pay Brian Burns team now. I was not to start the season, but I think he's shown enough improvement from just from last year to this year already that it's you really can't let a guy like that walk. Um, I mean, the alternative is one of the worst defensive graded, uh, graded defensive ends in the league in Yitor Grossmatos. I think he's like 98 out of 102. So uh, I think you really have to pay Brian Burns what he asked, and he's probably going to be one of the higher-paid defensive ends in the league. So, um, you know, Carolina doesn't have a whole lot of cap room next season. 
And I, you know, I'm thankful that Samir Suleiman's on our on our squad and and here to help us through it. But you got to pay Brian Burns. Yeah, I want to talk about a guy who's not a lot of people have mentioned since Sunday. That's Jeremy Chin. We noticed he was out. Well, you know, once he got out during that injury in the game on Sunday, we didn't see him the rest of the game, which really sucked because I feel like he just adds another tool to that defense and especially coming into a game where, you know, you're going to be going up against Wilson, who at 49ers, that running back is quick as hell. Holy shit. Um, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Kittle. I mean, that they got some playmakers on that offense. Chin, it sounds like Matt Rule said this week they don't know how long he's how long the injury is going to take. Um, it was a hamstring injury. Worries me a little bit. Um, you know, Chin has been playing at a really high level, especially going back to the the game they won. I mean, he was. I feel like they played him a little bit more freely and just kind of let him roam more more to that style he was in twenty twenty. And he played at a really high level in that game in that win. So hoping it's not long, but that's gonna hurt if he's gonna if he's out for a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty nervous about that one as well. It seems like it's not um a short term thing just from everything I've been seeing on Twitter. So losing him kind of you you could even tell in the second half of that game, it really affected that the back end thing, uh the back end play uh of the of that defense in the second half and um, just Miles Hartsfield is not Jeremy Chen. And I don't think that's, you know, a, really an argument. And I don't think it's an insult on Miles Hartsfield, but Jeremy Chen is just really one of the best players in the league. And losing him is going to be tough to overcome. But this defense does have very talented uh, players from the B line to back to the secondary. So hopefully they can cover it up a little bit. But um, it's not like we're playing an extremely prolific offense coming into uh, this week. Uh, passing wise, but uh, hopefully they can handle their own. Yeah, Miles and Sean Chandler were out there when Chin went down. They also have Burris and then that Marquise Blair who they just signed on their practice squad. So I'm sure they're going to bring up someone for this game if Chin is out, which it's it's not sounding very good at this point, but hopefully we can get more answers tomorrow. Well, let's talk about the game this weekend. We kind of touched on a little bit here and there, but big test. <laughs> if if you, you couldn't pick a worse game for the offense to get rolling, you really couldn't. Uh, yeah. You mentioned it, best defense in the league, one of the best pass defenses. I had this up. Now I don't can't find the shit. But um, they they allow 161 yards a game. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, they're. They're elite, and they're they're pretty damn good against the run too. I think they're at, they're allowing like seventy yards rushing a game, which yep, is seventy three, really, which is really good. So, you know this. They only allow eleven points a game. Yeah, Baker's the Baker's got a his workout. I I feel like this is going to be a low scoring game, just based off of how Carolina's defense has been playing. Um, it's going to be you know the typical. I mean, I'm not going to give a score yet, but like that's, you know, that 10 to 20 range score, 17, 20 or, you know, 14, 17 or 17 or 10, 17, whatever. It's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be high scoring at all. 
um, unless Carolina's offense comes out and lays another dot and it just becomes out of hand by the end of the game. That's the only way I could really see it. But yeah, it's, you know, they, the one thing Carolina's got going for them defensively is Trent Williams still being out. Mm-hmm. That will help. I mean, probably the best left tackle in the game, not in there for San Fran. And I know they had injuries on yesterday in that Monday night football game. I want to say their right tackle went out for a bit. And then I think their third string, a third string lineman was in there. So that is some hope there. Carolina's got to dial up pressure. Phil Snow's got to bring the blitz a little bit more um, because we know that Jimmy Garoppolo under that pressure, he can look pretty stupid at times. So, I mean, that I think is my biggest hope out of this game. I think Jeremy Chin mentioned is going to be a pretty big loss for them. Um, but hopefully if they can get pressure up front, they won't need as much help in the secondary. What do you think about J.C. just following Debo the whole game? That's what I think. I, I hope they do that. <laughs> um, I don't know why they don't make J.C. follow the best receiver, but, I mean, he may be more comfortable playing on the right side or left side of the field only. But I think when you have a player of J.C.'s talent uh, level and your next two corners are Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson who are both struggling mightily, uh, I don't understand why you don't just let JC follow Debo and and see what happens. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to, or um, there's something that we don't know. But I think that it's something that you should definitely try because Debo Samuel embarrassed the Rams um, just this past Monday, and uh, he's a very, very, very good talent. I mean, we know he's from South Carolina, played at South Carolina, um, and he's he's good at what he does, and that's yards after the catch and um, he's he's basically a better DJ Moore. I don't think that's very controversial, but uh, that he is a, a next level up of a of DJ Moore. And I think to put your best corner on him and, and keep him on him is something I would definitely consider. But uh, offensive wise, I think that the 49ers, I'm not Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare me, um, especially with this secondary even missing Jeremy Chin. Uh, he doesn't scare me, but. Their running attack does, and uh, the Panthers have struggled with Kyle Shanahan's offenses in the past. Um, This is a running attack that averages 135 yards a game, and it doesn't matter if Jeff Wilson's back there or if I'm back there. The way that Kyle Shanahan is dialing up these these pre-snap motions and getting defenses confused and the way the offensive line is blocking, even missing a couple of players is Jeff Wilson's got holes – you know, he's not getting touched on plays when he's running the ball, you know, 50 yards for a touchdown. So uh, that worries me quite a bit because uh, this defense has shown that it, when it comes into the third and fourth quarter, probably due to a lack of uh, the offense being on the field, this is a defense that does wear down and the run game can become very effective for the other team later into the game. So I uh, think that's probably the way that the 49ers are going to attack this defense. It's just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball and uh, just kind of pound away because I don't think the Panthers offense scares the 49ers, especially with the number one defense in the league. So this is a, this is a game that I could see be very low scoring as well, but I also also could see it not being close. Like it might be low scoring, but not be close. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. I think one thing that helps Carolina is Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, you know, some mobile quarterback like Kyler or Daniel Jones was. 
So to keep, they don't have to worry about that as much, you know, keeping that spy on him. I think that's going to help them a little bit, but Debo is going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough ask, even with JC and stuff, unless they are keeping him on, you know, Samuel the whole game. I think that could help. Um, I was trying to look up stats of what Jimmy on, on PFF, what he is against man coverage. I'm wondering if that's what the type of coverage they go to and have JC just follow Debo the whole game, but I can't find it on here. I'm still trying and, to figure out PFF. Another guy is Kittle. I mean, obviously we, we know yeah. Carolina struggles with tight ends uh, usually, and Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. So, uh, and, and Brandon Ayuk isn't anything to snub your nose at either. Uh, this is a talented team. And if Garoppolo can get him the ball, then, you know, most of those guys specialize in, in yards after the catch, and Kittle is just a beast. So Yeah, uh, Ertz, Ertz had six catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown this past week. So, yeah. Yeah, that's – and I, I mentioned that a lot. Carolina always seems to struggle against tight ends. And if you don't have Jeremy Chin in there, who's typically covering those guys, you're going to have some problems. So – Something to watch. Um, prediction. You got a prediction for this one? I will go first. I'll let you. I'll. I'll, I'll go. I'll go quick here. Well, no, I'll let more, you go. I'm going. There's one more thing. The I don't there's one more thing I wanted to mention. Anyways, before we do predictions, is um, one thing I'm very worried about is Nick Bosa. Um, Nick Bosa is is one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, very tall, so might get some batted down balls from Baker um, if this. Coaching staff doesn't adjust and get him into a position where that can't happen. But um, Bosa, even with how well this offensive line is playing, uh, still worries me quite a bit. And they've they've got uh, other good players on the defensive line. I think Kinlaw's out though, and Eric Armstead got hurt in in that game Monday. But I'm not sure what his status will be. But yeah, they, they do gave have, up. They gave up. Uh, they sacked Matthew Stafford seven times. So yeah. That's yeah. fun, <laughs> and and that and that and that offense Sean McVay runs is a is a quick passing offense. So <laughs> they specialize in getting the ball out quick, and he was still sacked seven times. And I, the Rams' offensive line is dog shit; it's really bad. But yeah, still, uh, seven times is a lot, especially for an offense that specializes on getting the ball out. Quick. I'll tell you what, Carolina's offense line has had some massive tests this year. Like they've faced some damn good D line so far. Which is good. I'm glad Icky's getting that under his feet because I and he's improving every week. He's playing. He's been playing well every week. You see improvement with him. Oh, yeah. On in the games, watching the tape and in PFF, look at the grades. He's he's done well. But this is again that next big test for this offensive line. And it, we, I mean, we haven't talked about their safety, the Hafunga. The guy oh, yeah. who had the pick six last night, I mean, yeah. he's playing really well right now too. He's a damn good player. So they that whole defense, man. This offense is real. It's I, mean, I said it today for a team that needs the offense to start going. This is a tough week, man. It is not, and it does not get easier after this either. Yeah, next week we only have Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> so uh, you got to start somewhere, and and we really need it to happen this week because. You you start one and four, one and five, in a division with Tom Brady and with the Falcons playing well, you're really just setting yourself up for a lost season again. So we this has to be a get right game, and, and I'll go ahead and start with the prediction. Um, 
I do not see Carolina winning this game. I, I don't see how they can. Uh, this is we've we've gone through it. This 49ers team is is very talented. One of the best coaches in the league in Kyle Shanahan. Um, the offense does a lot of exotic snap pre-motion uh, things. Um, this the what our offense does not, which is this the thirty second in, in the league in um, pre-snap motion. But uh, I think the the running scheme that the 49ers have has given Carolina fits over the years. I mean, we we all remember like the fifty one to thirteen game not too long ago versus the 49ers, where they rushed for like forty thousand yards against Carolina. Um, I think this defense that we have now is a little better, but I'm very worried about Carolina in this game. Um, we all watched Monday night and saw what happened to the Rams. Uh, I think the 49ers win this game, and I think it's going to be low scoring um, overall, but I do not think it's going to be close. I think that the 49ers end up winning 21-3 to maybe. Um, I don't think the offense gets right. I don't think – I think it's going to be the same issues that we've seen through four weeks. Ball's batted down. Uh, Baker not on target with the wide receivers. And it's where, you know, we have the press conferences all over again with Baker and, and Matt Rule saying the same stuff. So I think 21-3 is, is my final prediction. Yeah, I know I said low scoring before, and then I'm trying to run numbers from it. I'm like, well, shit, I could see the, I could see the 49ers blowing this one out. Yeah, I'm not – I mean, any given Sunday, I think any team can win on any Sunday. I mean, the NFL has been shown to prove that, but I'm not betting on the Panthers at all. Um, man, it's it's a really tough ask. I just I don't want to see this to happen. I really don't because I just want this to work out. But I feel like this is Wait, just going to keep. Before you guess, uh, take a guess in, on what the uh, what the line is right now. How much the 49ers are favored? If you had to guess. I thought I – isn't it three and a half, five and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half. I thought I saw it was five and a half. Yeah, yeah. they're favored by six and a half, and it will probably keep growing as we get closer to the game. I'm going to go – what did you say? 21 to three. You said 21-3. I'm going to go – I'm trying to think. It's 10. Let's go 20. I don't think San Fran's going to score three touchdowns on this Panthers defense. Outright, I think there's going to be a couple field goals in there. Um, let's go twenty to six. San Fran wins. It's going to be tough for Carolina's defense to get a third touchdown, and this yeah. offense can't get it right now. So I'll go twenty six. San Fran wins. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to take the Panthers for a while. I, I've just. Every time I go with them, they lose, and they just aren't showing it right now. So I'll go 26, San Fran. You know, Carolina, they got their hand. That 49ers defense is something. I mean, even with the injuries, it's going to be a tough ask for them. If they win, I'll love it. It'll be awesome. I'll be yeah. celebrating if, you know. So let's hope for a win, and hopefully we're talking about what? Two and three? Yeah. Two, two and three. three when we come back next week. I can't. I was going to say two and four. And I'm like, wait, no. Two and three. Come on, baby. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every week, wherever you get your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. 
And as always, 